Welcome to the Birth Journeys Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Hoff, BSNRN. I am a wife, a mother of two, and a nurse specializing in the care of women and newborns. In this podcast, we will share powerful journeys of birth givers with the goals of lifting the veil on the birth experience, healing through sharing, and beginning an open conversation to strengthen trust and promote transparency between birthing people and healthcare providers. Hello. Today I have with me Amy Frost. Amy is the co-founder of Babycito and a perinatal yoga teacher. She is a mom of two girls, and she's here to share her birth story with us and how she helped form Babycito, the company that helps connect new moms with businesses that help with all things motherhood. Amy, welcome, and thank you for joining me. Thank you, Kelly. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to hear your story. Yes. So I'll start with my first, Molly. She is my winter solstice baby, and I took all these classes because I really wanted to, you know, understand the birth process, and I was very nervous. My first child, I wasn't sure what to expect, so I had taken a six-week childbirth education class, and it was really helpful, but also it sort of leaned toward an unmedicated birth, which was fine. I had that idea in my mind, but I wasn't really sure that I needed to do that. You know, you know what I mean? So I like options. And so I sort of, you know, blocked some of those parts out of my mind, knowing that if I want to go that route, great. If I don't, that's okay too. And so I was really wanting to have like, I don't know, is it called spontaneous labor? I really wanted like my water to break. I wanted to have that whole experience that you think always happens because you see it on Mm -hmm. TV shows and movies. And I was really disappointed when I found out that I had low fluid. I had to get monitored. I think it was like every other day I was monitored to check my fluids. And I went in and they essentially didn't let me leave. They were like, they're too low. You You have to have the baby today. And I was devastated because I was like, no, you know, I wanted to to have this experience of, you know, my water breaking and going to the hospital and I didn't have any of my stuff. I left work to go to the appointment and now they're they're like, you have to have your baby today. So of course I called my husband and I was very upset and I was like, you have to bring my bag. They're, they're not letting you leave. And uh, I was induced and this is December 21st, 2018. And I knew it was the winter solstice and I was I was excited about that. I was trying to find the silver lining. I was like, oh, it's the winter solstice. I'm going to have a winter solstice baby. And I was so excited. After I got over to the devastation part, I was like really upset. And I was like, wait a minute, it's the winter solstice. This is going to be really great. <laughs> trying to find the positive. And I went in, I got induced and, I, and the nurse was basically like, you know, you're going to be here for a while. Like, baby's not coming today. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I don't want to. I don't want to be induced, and and so I get excited. I get to have my winter solstice baby, and then you're saying I won't, you know. And so anyway, I was induced, and it actually ended up kicking in fairly quickly, which I guess is not very common from what I understand. And it all started just happening. I dilated very quickly, and my birth. I gave birth in six hours, which. Wow. The funniest thing about it is there's a clock on the wall 
in the room. And so I knew what time it was the whole time. And I was watching that clock because it was like 11 p.m. And I'm like, I'm getting her out. You know, I'm going to get her out before midnight because I want this baby to be born today. And I ended up having a non-medicated birth, but mostly because it moved so quickly. And there was still time to get the epidural. But my midwife, she was like so sweet. And she was in my ear and she was like, you know, we can do whatever you want. But your baby's going to be born like very soon. You're not you, essentially like we're not going to be. You're not going to be in this for much longer. And she's like, you can you can do this. And I was like, okay. And so I did, and it was it was incredible. And I'll never forget it. I still remember how she felt when she like dropped down. And I I remember thinking it felt. This is a weird analogy, but my husband and I are bowlers, and I said it feels like like a big bowling ball just like dropped down into my pelvis. And it was incredible. Yeah, it was it was a, ended up being this beautiful birth at the end. It didn't really start off the way that I wanted to, but it ended up kind of some of the things that I wanted to happen worked out, right? So I got to have my unmedicated birth. I got to have my winter solstice baby. She was born at like 11.48 p.m. It was like perfect timing. And it was it was really, it was a positive experience for me in terms of the, the birth. Postpartum was challenging. I don't know if you want me to kind of talk about that too. Yeah, absolutely. I do yeah. have a couple questions. Do you, what was the induction method that they used? Uh, I believe it was Pitocin. It was a pill, I guess. Oh, the pill the, that the um, that's the cytotech, okay. the misoprostol. Yeah, I took a yeah, we took a pill. I remember. And you only just had to do one because you said like six hours. Usually we do one every six hours. Oh yeah, I just took one. Wow, in- that's because the Pitocin is titrated on your IV. So they probably didn't even need the pitocin. Yeah, I guess I didn't. So then I had the other thing. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know what it was called. But uh, yeah. And then I was thinking, you know, maybe my body was ready. Maybe if I didn't get induced, I probably would have gone into labor the next day or something. You know, it's yeah. kind of what I was thinking. And, you know, interestingly, I think, and this is how I remember it, right? And it's hard to to know these things, but my water broke in the when I was there. So I had taken the, I think I had taken the medicine. What did, what was it? Yeah. The, Side attack yeah. is the easier way to Side say attack. it. <laughs> and I remember standing there feeling like something was like flowing. I was signing paperwork. Like I was there, had me doing paperwork. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling like, oh my gosh, like something's happening. And I think my water broke. It wasn't the way yeah. I envisioned it. <laughs> It never is. <laughs> it never is. Yeah. So then you had mentioned that your birth class prepared you for a natural birth, but didn't necessarily prepare you for the mindset of, well, it's possible that they'll recommend an induction based on what they're seeing medically with you. I like how you explained how you reframed that because I think that that's, first of all, I wish that people were prepared for that part. I agree. <laughs> so <laughs> I want people to be prepared for the natural birth if that's what they want especially because sometimes that happens, even if that's not what you want. And also, I want people to know what might be happening in the hospital and the reasons that they may be happening, that they may, may recommend that. Because sometimes you're not necessarily, you're no longer medically qualified to be able to go into labor. Right. And it's super important to know that and to be able to have that mindset going into it so that you don't have to suddenly find a way to do the mental gymnastics to reframe it. Yeah. Because not all people are going to be in that frame of mind where they feel they may not be in that mindset where they can reframe it. And so to be able to have thought ahead of time would be ideal. Yeah, I agree. I would have liked to have more information on that and just knowing what to expect. 
for, I mean, to, mm-hmm. for me at least, it's all about expectations. And if I know what to expect, I feel better in the situation. I think a lot of people are like that. Yeah. You know, I feel less anxious. I'm less worried about things if I know, you know, mm-hmm. pros, cons, risks. And you're entitled to know those things. Absolutely. Like yeah. we should have the autonomy to be able to understand what we're doing exactly. and why. So to know that ahead of time rather than in the moment when it's stressful. Right. Is a lot yeah. easier. And I did have some comfort. I felt very lucky in that the the midwife was great. That was on staff that day. And my husband, he's a psychiatrist. He went to medical school. I think we've talked mm-hmm. about this. He's mm-hmm. delivered 10 or 15 babies. And so mm-hmm. I felt comfortable with him. Like he was a really great support. Having someone, it's like almost like a doula in a way, like having someone who sort of understood the process in a mm-hmm. way that I didn't. Even watching the heart rate monitor machine, you know, some of the nursing staff were making comments. I'm like, what's that mean? And Eric can answer my question right away in a in a mm-hmm. way that was thoughtful and in lay terms, you know, like for someone like me mm-hmm. to understand. And so I felt lucky to have have him there. And I yeah. will say I learned in my birth class that you press the hips together, right? When you're contracting. Mm-hmm. And so I made him do that for six hours. I mean every single contraction. I was like I so he got his workout too. He did. And the funniest thing about it is afterwards, he's like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. I was like, what? I was like, you're exhausted. I just pushed the baby out. But I remember him asking me throughout the birth, do you want me to do that hip thing again? And I remember saying, stop asking. And every time I have a contraction, yes. Because I, I literally couldn't get through it without without that. Right. And also you can't talk. Anymore. Exactly. I was like, stop talking. Yeah. Stop asking questions. Are you pregnant and planning a hospital birth? You don't need a birth plan. You need a birth vision. In my opinion, birth plans set you up for failure. Yep. I said it. Hear me out before you turn off this podcast. You may think that by downloading a generic birth plan, it means you're in control. The truth is it's not that simple. No one can control exactly how their birth will go. There are way too many variables. What every pregnant person wants is to walk into the hospital pregnant and to walk out with a healthy newborn in their arms. The journey in between is the murky part. It's hard to know what issues might come up that need to be addressed. If you focus your energy on a birth vision rather than giving your power to a birth plan, you can empower yourself to make the best choices for you and your baby. That's why you need to get into my Empowered Hospital Birth Program. As a labor nurse and mindset coach, I can help guide you through the process of maintaining the calm autonomy that will help you achieve the birth vision you desire. In my Empowered Hospital Birth Program, I will help you identify the source of anxiety you have surrounding hospital birth, fill in knowledge gaps to make sure that you are fully informed and confident, learn key phrases so you can better communicate with your medical team, Emotionally process your fears so that they don't hold power over you. Go to kellyhoff.com backslash empowered to book a free 30-minute private birth vision call where we will identify your top fears and must-haves and gain clarity on exactly how you want to feel in the birth space. That's K-E-L-L-Y-H-O-F dot com backslash empowered. I'm honored to be a part of your birth journey. You're asking me to come out of my zone every time you ask me that. So stop Just it. press the hips. <laughs> I'll scream at you when it's a no. Yeah, exactly. How about that? <laughs> we'll know when it's no. <laughs> so then you said you mentioned postpartum wasn't spectacular. What happened there? 
it was hard. We were living an hour and a half from his parents across the country from mine. And we we were a military family. And so if we were in Colorado, we hadn't been there for a long time. So I didn't really have a lot of friends and a lot of big support system there. And so I think that that in part is what made it hard. And I never was really diagnosed, but I definitely think I had baby blues. The sleep deprivation really got to me. I actually thought I was never going to sleep again. Like I believed that. And just little things, like I just wanted to have my coffee in the morning in peace, but I couldn't do that anymore. And it felt, Mm -hmm. you know, it felt like this huge deal that I couldn't have my coffee in peace anymore. And I couldn't sleep Mm -hmm. and, you know, all, and breastfeeding was very challenging for me. Mm -hmm. I knew about lactation consultants, but it didn't even occur to me to hire someone. I don't know why, but that was hard. Everything was challenging. And I didn't do any postpartum preparation. And that is something I learned when I had my second, what I really needed. And I knew it was normal to have some sad feelings or to feel a little down, but I don't think I really understood like how hard it could be. And I also don't think I thought it could happen to me because I was so excited to have a baby. But you know, it's just mm-hmm. the hormones and everything. But but did it feel like depression or did it just feel... Because I think what postpartum mood and anxiety disorders, I just think that they present differently. And I don't think that people are ready for it. Yeah. Because you're happy that you have your baby. You love your baby. You may even be excited to get up in the morning and take care of your baby, regardless of how much sleep you did or did not get. But you find that you're irritable. Your boundaries are being pushed to the limit. Like you just want some coffee. That's the only boundary that you wanted to set and nobody respected that. And then just generally having that confusion and that brain fog where you get to a point where you tell yourself you're really never going to sleep again. If you're in a space where you're mentally healthy, you can look at that and you can say, oh, that's not normal. And I want people to understand that it's not just depression. It doesn't have to have a label. If your mood is not normal in your postpartum period, that can be fixed. Exactly. You can get help. That's perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. And actually, it's not even just postpartum. It can happen during pregnancy. So there are people that specialize in that, that can help you. And I experienced something similar where I just wasn't myself. Things felt weird. They felt overwhelming. Everything just felt harder than it needed to be. That I believe, looking back on it, a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of OCD because I had some intrusive thoughts and some things that were just nagging on me and that I couldn't let go. And so I just, I think we can't say it enough if you're a pregnant person mm-hmm. or a postpartum person. Those are the things to look out for. It's not necessarily extreme sadness. It's not necessarily right. the psychosis that people talk about. That is extremely rare. There are, There's so much in between that is your normal baseline. And then the most extreme is like way on the, the other end. And there's such a spectrum. Absolutely. So if you're anywhere on the spectrum where you don't feel normal, if you don't, if you just, if you feel off, go find some help, have somebody help you. Your, even your OB can help you. Yeah. Just get started. And some of the anxiety and OCD I definitely had, like the sleep, like when she was sleeping, I was constantly mm-hmm. waking up to make sure she was still alive. Like just mm. resting my hand on her stomach when she's mm-hmm. breathing. And then there was like a thread of hair, like like a thread of my hair in her bassinet. Like, oh my gosh, she can choke on it. It's like she can't even pick it up. You know what I mean? But in when you're in it, right. you can't see 
it that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those things. And then I was afraid I was swaddling her wrong. I'm like, what if she gets caught up in her swaddle? Mm-hmm. I had a lot of anxiety about her not surviving. We all yeah, do. I, I mean, I'm not going to normalize that, but I think to some extent everybody's concerned. And then when it gets to the point where you're not able to have normal bodily functions like sleep, you start to like, <laughs> yeah, like you just start spiraling. It spirals. Yeah. If I was yeah. well rested, I would maybe I would look at it differently. But yeah, every little thing is concerning when you have a baby for the first time. The irritability you mentioned, I was definitely irritable and it was just a hard time. I would say the first probably three months was the hardest for me. And then she finally started mm-hmm. sleeping a little bit more and Breastfeeding, we never really figured out. I pumped and bottle fed her formula. And so, and I had guilty feelings about that. It's just, you feel like you should be doing all these things that are good for your baby. But at the end of the day, like breastfeeding just wasn't good for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, and because it's not good for me, it's not going to be good for her because I was very frustrated, mm-hmm. which upset her. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's all just so hard. I wish I knew about hiring a lactation consultant. I wish I, I don't know why, I guess I just didn't think that that was accessible to me or I didn't really know how to find one. I just that, didn't get hard. that information in all of my, I thought I was just doing such a great job doing my six week childbirth education class. And I did. I'm happy I did that. But I do mm-hmm. think that a postpartum prep class would have been extremely beneficial for me. Mm-hmm. And, and and frankly, I think it, I, I, I recommend it to anyone. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they even tell you little things like I've learned this sense, just efficiency, you know, like efficiency in changing the diaper, efficiency in swaddling, like the temperature of your house shouldn't be below. It's just mm-hmm. like little things like that that you don't really think about mm-hmm. that you learn about uh, in postpartum prep classes, but not yeah. take that class. Well, and at the hospital, they try to tell you, but Things get lost in the shuffle because you've got nurses coming in and out. You don't know what anybody's already said. They give you this packet. They they tell you to read through. Who's got the bandwidth to read after you've just pushed a human out of your body? Yeah. And I'm sure that they told me a lot of things. I'm sure they did. And I just was, I think I was in shock after I had the baby and just kind of like Mm -hmm. everything was just going over my head. I was just not in space for learning and education after I had the baby. I think a lot of people think, oh, I've got three months to learn this. Well, if you want to take the most stressful, challenging, life-changing three months of your life to learn something, okay, it may not go well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in my experience it doesn't go well now if you're someone that oh sure i don't know succeeds at everything <laughs> i guess <laughs> that's not me yeah <laughs> okay so then you took some of that information with you to the next yes. birth what were the takeaways that you brought with you and what worked out well and what just didn't even apply <laughs> yeah so my sec with my second birth was completely different i ended up having full placenta previa and oh my gosh. Uh, had to have a C-section scheduled. Mm-hmm. Like we knew about it. So that was nice. But it was my biggest fear to have a C-section. Again, because knowledge is power. And I had knew nothing about it. All I knew is they were going to be cutting me open. And I wasn't going to be able to feel my legs. And that all creeped me out. And so I learned from my first birth that I need more information, right? So I didn't know that this was a thing, but I did a lot of research and I took a C-section birth class Mm -hmm. and I saw it and I was like, oh, I have to take this. You know, I have to see, I have to know what this is going to be. And it was hard to watch. You know, it was, 
it made me feel a little bit nervous. However, I knew that it was going to be I was going to be better off having the information. Mm-hmm. And because it was a scheduled C-section and it was in the afternoon, so I had the morning to mentally prepare for it and I ended up taking a prenatal yoga class with my very favorite perinatal yoga teacher, Claire, and she understood I had been taking yoga with her and she knew that I was afraid to feel numb since I had not felt that before. The idea of not being able to feel my body was really creeped mm-hmm. me out. But she reminded me of the things that I would be able to feel. And mm-hmm. so this whole yoga class was about she would have me like rub my fingers together you know, like rub my palms together, bring my hands through my hair, have my husband bring his hands through my hair and to really focus on the things I could feel. And so I did all that. And I went in for my cesarean. And it's exactly what I did. I just kept thinking about I have my hands out, I was rubbing my hands, I can feel my hands. You know, I can feel my chest, I can feel my fit, like all these things. And it was so helpful. It's the class that I took and that the cesarean birth class and then having that experience with Claire before my birth, my cesarean birth, I think really got me through it. And mm-hmm. I hired a postpartum doula this time. Nice. I hired a lactation consultant. My husband and I had arranged to have our laundry picked up for like a month while I was recovering because I couldn't go up and down the stairs and carry laundry mm-hmm. and t- He had to go back to work after two weeks. And so Mm -hmm. we were going to just need some extra help around the house. I, prior to birth, I meal prepped. My freezer was Mm -hmm. full of bone broths and different like meals and soups and chilies. And I just felt like I was ready. And it's like, I really went over the top because I didn't do any of this with my first. And I really Mm -hmm. struggled, you know, postpartum. And I just wanted to rewrite that, you know? And so I feel like I needed, I wanted like a do-over in a way. And I did all those things. And I don't know if it's because of all those things or because it's my second baby or because at this point we were living now back in Virginia where all of my family and friends are. So we had a lot of support. Or if it was all of those things that made my experience just so much better. Was it hard? Yes, it was hard. Yes, I had my moments. But overall, my postpartum experience with my second was just a lot easier on me <laughs> and my family, mm-hmm. you know, and and probably on the baby. And I learned a lot. And I, oh, and I took a postpartum prep class. Nice. I did it all online, and it was really great. And the lactation, it just didn't even occur to me to call my insurance, you know. And so I called my insurance company, and I got mm-hmm. ten free in-home sessions. Really? That's amazing. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. great. So I, you know, found this network of lactation consultants and they came to my house. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. I did postnatal massage. I was like, you know, nice. <laughs> like, I just, people need this, you know? Yeah. Um, did your insurance pay for that too? No. Well, they might. I actually didn't ask. Should I have asked? Maybe. Some insurance will pay for massage. I don't know if they'll do postnatal. I don't know what their stipulations yeah. are and they've always got stipulations. So that's great. Well, and then so what comes up for me when you say stuff like this and what, what I guess my limiting thoughts were, I can't afford any of this, but you have managed to figure out a way 
to not only help moms find these resources, but help make them affordable. So if your insurance doesn't cover it, there's other Absolutely. ways. So can you talk more yeah. about that? And so with Baby Cito, and this is like, you know, Lindsay started Baby Cito, and then she asked me mm-hmm. to, to join on about six months later. And I was... And Lindsay was on the podcast a couple weeks oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I had sort of been involved in the beginning, but very casually. And as a friend, I just thought it was amazing what she was doing. And the registry piece of Baby Cito is what really resonated with me. And I think yeah. probably in part because of being a, a new mom again. And I love this concept of registering for your postpartum doula or your birth doula or your lactation and having the cash funds to take care of yourself and your family. I think that, and the insurance piece, all your insurance company, you know, I just, yeah. you know, they're not going to cover a lot of things, but I was surprised to hear about the lactation. And I think that because I got my lactation covered, I felt like I could justify the postpartum doula. And I, I hired her for 12 hours. It wasn't this whole long thing, but it was like just enough. Yeah time. She helped me with my laundry. She helped me make snacks. She held my baby so I could go take a shower. (laughs) You know, like all these little things that were just so nice. And everyone should register for that. You know, there's there's no way that that can't be helpful. You know what I mean? And that is what I love about Baby Cito is that we have all these types Mm -hmm. of providers on the website that are, you know, Lindsay and I know all of them and Mm -hmm. uh, we recommend them and people should call them and interview them, see if they like them and add them to their registry. Like it's just the best thing ever. And I wish that I had that (laughs) before Mm -hmm. I had kids, but it didn't exist then. But now it does for everybody else to reap those benefits. Yeah. I love that. I wish I'd had it too. The other thing is it doesn't have to be just postpartum. It's also, it's perinatal and beyond. And beyond. Yeah. So you could, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. So registering for gymnastics for your four-year-old or Mm -hmm. ice skating or art classes, it really could be anything sort of knowing and understanding the importance of services and experiences just are there. They significantly make a difference rather than thing. You know, that like a little, Mm -hmm. a toy, for example, for like a kid's birthday or a a onesie. (laughs) Right, exactly. How many onesies can you use? You know, that's great. Like (laughs) we need clothes for our baby, right? But Uh it's much nicer to give someone the gift of service. Yeah. So the service registry for people that don't, can't really wrap their head around it, because it took me a minute to figure out even what it was. If you're doing your registry, like if you would register for big name stores with your onesies, with your bottles, with all your stuff. Through Babycito, you can also register for services. So if you add to, if you get a generic registry and you're adding things on, you can add like the service of lactation consultant, or you can do birth doula, or you can do birth coach, or there's one company that I just think is so cool. It's like you can rent. Yes. You can rent baby stuff that you're only going to use for like a couple months. And then you or maybe your baby and you get the doesn't stuff. like a swing and you've just spent $200 on it and they hate it because not every baby likes it. And you're like, now what? You know, I have this thing. It's right. so much, yeah, to like try all the different swings and bouncers and they have a bunch of stuff, cribs, bassinets. It's yeah. incredible. I wish I knew about these things. Like I just didn't, before baby Cito, I did not know that I could do all this and I would have saved a ton of money. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, because how many swings did you go through? And I just got to the point where I was like, well, my kid isn't going to yeah. have a swing. Emily didn't yeah. want to swing. It was, I mean, she was yeah. not interested. Yeah. And yeah, that's how my my daughter was and my son yeah. loved it. So I was like, <laughs> what was the point? And then the other thing, the other service that you provide, which I just think is brilliant, is you moms can pay to have you guys help them connect. So it's not just there's one level, right, where you can just kind of search the website on your own and develop your little service registry and kind of do the DIY. Or if you don't want a DIY and you want someone to just pinpoint what you need because you're not even sure what you need, you just aren't sure how you're going to do all the things. And what are the all the things anyway? (laughs) You guys provide that service where you say, here are the things that you need to think about. Here are the things that we can connect you to so that you can think about that. And then here is how you're going to pay for it. Exactly. It's all just done for you for a very reasonable amount of money. I I think it's just. Yeah. And I think. Brilliant. A lot of people don't know what they need and when they need it or have the, you know, the time to call all these places or to email them or to find out their rates or if they take insurance or if they don't and when they're available. So we, through the family concierge, we do that all for you. We, you know, you want a postpartum doula, you're looking for a summer camp for your five-year-old and you're looking for elective, you know, whatever it is, it can be all over. Okay. You know, we'll go on, we'll send you resources and then we'll connect you to those providers personally. And it's all everything that you've asked for, like your price range or time of day, whatever. It's like, we're only going to send you the people who are available during those times. And so it just takes a lot of the time and like work out for the parents because time is something that we don't have a lot of. We have little kids running around. And so, yeah, we're happy to do that. That's amazing. So right now you guys are kind of in the DC, Virginia area, mostly Northern Virginia, but there's some providers that expand their practice out to DC and Maryland as well. If someone is because, you know, your people could be listening to this podcast anywhere in the world. If somebody were to want to utilize any of the services, is there anything that's available nationwide or beyond? The registry you can use from anywhere. So if you're local, you can register for specific providers that we have in our directory. If you live in California, you can still create a service registry and then you would just put in lactation consultant and then how much you're asking for for that. And you can identify someone in California. But yeah, you can still create a cash fund registry from anywhere in the world. It doesn't have to be Northern Virginia. And eventually we'd love to be in in every major city, but that will be probably over the next several years. Yeah. Baby steps. Baby steps. (laughs) Well, Amy, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you wanted to talk about today? I don't think so. Thank you for letting me sort of retell my story. I love it always interesting thing it's it's interesting thinking about thinking about it again and things i kind of forget about the experience kind of come up as i talk about it again and so that's really nice so i really appreciate it yeah well thank you i'm really excited to see where baby sito goes cuz i think it's just brilliant thank you yes we're excited thank you so much for tuning into my podcast If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on future episodes. Don't forget to share the podcast with a friend who can benefit from the valuable insights that we share here. And if you could take a moment to leave a five-star rating and review, it would mean the world to me. If you're ready to work one-on-one with me to embark on a transformational journey towards a confident and empowered hospital birth experience, go to kellyhoff.com 
backslash empowered and enroll in my Empowered Hospital Birth Coaching Program. Together, we'll create a roadmap to a birth experience that you'll cherish forever. That's K-E-L-L-Y-H-O-F dot com backslash empowered. Let's make your birth experience extraordinary.